With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello. This is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymoor, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. God's Time, the story of Brother Francis de Sadlier. Come in, please. Come in. Father, I'm Brother Headley. Oh, please sit down, Brother. You look very tired. I've recently returned from Africa. I came at the first opportunity to relay greetings from Brother Francis de Sadlier. Brother Francis... Oh, Brother Headley, you're more than welcome. Tell me, how is Brother Francis? When I left him at Grahamstown, he was recovering from exhaustion after guiding me and Father Kronsbergs to safety. We were the only survivors of the original band of missionaries, 11 in all. He's acquitted himself well. Without him, our mission would have failed entirely. The fathers referred to him as our providence before we had completed our first trek. I'm so very happy to hear that. I remember his father's opposition when he said he wanted to be a missionary. Monsieur de Saint-Lier was furious. He asked me to dissuade the poor. Father Ambrose, out of a clear sky, Francis tells me he intends to become a missionary. I ask you to tell him his first duty is to his family. I have a wife and nine other children to support. I need his help. Papa, if you'll only He's let me... Help. You listen to Father Ambrose. Well, let us hear what your son has to say, monsieur. Father Ambrose, 
Papa thinks this is just an impulse. Papa, over a year ago, we were out walking, and you asked me what I would do if I owned a fine piece of land that we passed. I said I would sell it and use the money to enter the religious life. And I told you to get that foolish idea out of your head. Father Ambrose, I know how I can enter the religious life without any delay. How will you do that, Francis? I can go to work in a Jesuit house. Listen to him, Father. Did you ever hear such nonsense? Tell him it's a sin to desert his family in time of need. Papa, my mind's made up. I'm going to the Jesuits at Namur. I'll send the police after you. You're underage. You need my permission. Very well, Papa. In a few years, I'll be of age. And then I won't need your consent. Father, what am I to do? Once he makes up his mind, nothing can change it. I know your boy, Mr. Sedley. The moment he's 21, he'll go. In the meantime, he'll resent me, and I'll get no work out of him. I think, then, that you should give your consent and let him go. Father, I, I didn't expect that advice from you. The Jesuits have a very strict rule. I think the stern discipline, the hard work, with no reward, may disillusion him. And don't forget, at 19, he'll be liable for military service. Monsieur, time is on your side. He has to get this idea out of his system, then he'll be of help to you. I uh, guess you're right, Father. With his fierce and stubborn disposition, he may find Jesuit discipline not to his liking. I uh, shall do as you say. At 19, Francis was called up for military service. This brought another ultimatum from his father. Francis, the army's not a good place for a boy. I know I had to go in at your age, and I wasn't very content. Papa, there's nothing I can do about it, I'm afraid. I've no money, but I talked to your grandfather. He says he will sell a cow to get the money to pay for a substitute. Bless him. I never expected it. After all the trouble that I caused him when you sent me to live with him and grandmother. Ah, that's all forgotten. You were young. You didn't know any better. But hear me out. He'll do this on one condition. Condition? What condition? That you remain at home for good. Leave the seminary? Yes. You arranged the choice with grandfather, didn't you? No, it was his idea. And you haven't much time to decide. The substitute money must be paid three days from now. I don't need to decide. I've made my choice. I'll report for military service, and then I shall return to the seminary. When Francis was discharged from the army, he returned to the seminary as a servant. After a few months, he paid a visit home. Again, I was summoned by Monsieur de Sadlier. I found myself in a difficult position. Father, he comes home. I'm glad. Delighted. Now he tells me it's just to say goodbye, that he's to enter the religious life as a brother. Is this true, Francis? Yes, Father. So I can be a missionary. I hope to go to Africa. Missionaries are badly needed, monsieur. He can do missionary work right here, helping me. Tell him, father, where his first duty lies. One's first duty is to God, monsieur. He's not cut out to be a missionary. He's not doing this out of his great love of God. 
One could never know that for sure. I know. He's doing it just to spite me. Just to show me how independent he can be. If I had insisted he be a missionary, he would have become a bricklayer. Papa, you just don't understand. You want me to stay here and help you. That's all that matters. I'm asking once for all, give up this foolish, impractical notion. No. Then I never want to see you again. I was convinced Francis had a religious vocation. But it was a long time before it was realized. No sooner did he enter the novitiate than the Franco-Prussian War broke out. He was recalled to his regiment. It wasn't until 1872 he was able to take his first vows. That's about the time I entered the religious life. Brother Francis was up at 3.45 each morning to call the rest of the community at 4 o'clock. Then followed meditation, assistance at mass, in addition to his attending the sick night and day. I'd warned him of the hard work and the strict discipline. His reply was, I know I'll have to work hard. That's what attracts me to the Society of Jesus. He was always asking for a harder life, though. Each year he would beg to be sent to the foreign missions. Father Superior... Yes, Brother Francis. What is it? I've come again to beg you to permit me to go to a mission in Africa. All in good time, my son. The holier a missionary, the greater blessings God will bestow on his work. Yes, Reverend Father. Father, may I have a word with you? What can I do for you, Brother Francis? I humbly ask to be sent to a mission in Africa. I have your application, I believe, from last year. But last year was the fifth time I applied, Reverend Father. Oh, yes, so I notice now. Brother Francis, I greatly appreciate your devotion, but I advise patience. As I said before, the holier the missionary the greater blessings God will bestow on his work. Father Superior, you wanted to see me? Brother Francis, I've great news for you. That is, if you're still of the same mind about going to Africa. Oh, Father, indeed I am. What do you know about Zambezi? Oh, it's uh, that great area of land lying in the Zambezi River Basin in southern Africa. Much of it is unexplored, a land of savages and wild animals. It will be dangerous. I know that. We've decided to open a mission there, and now I can accept your application. Oh, thank you, Reverend Father, thank you. You may visit your family for three days. Then you will proceed to Southampton. From there, we will sail on February 4th. When Francis came home to say farewell, his mother wept and cried, No, no, you mustn't go. His father refused to see him. 
In the end, his mother gave a blessing, thinking she might never see him again. I was the only one with him at the station. He knelt for my blessing, boarded the train, and left for Southampton. The ship left on schedule. Francis and I were cabin mates. The trip to Grahamstown, Cape Colony, took several weeks. There we were joined by the other members of the party, and by April we were ready to start for Zambezi. I've circled our present position, Grahamstown, on the map. We travel, <laughs> uh, they call it trekking, 300 miles north by west until we reach this point, Kimberley. Then we go north by east until we reach the Limpopo River. It's called that because it's swarming with crocodiles. A few miles the other side of the river is Shosong, the first native village within the territory assigned us by the Holy See. There, with God's help, we begin our mission. We leave in the morning, right after Sunday Mass. Next morning, we started out. Our wagons piled high with supplies were drawn by 60 oxen. The trek was an ordeal. The terrible jolting of wagons, the snail's pace of the oxen, the unloading and reloading of wagons to cross the many rivers. There was scorching heat alternating with icy winds on the heights and thunderstorms so violent it seemed as if the universe was tearing itself apart. But after weeks of trekking, we neared the Limpopo. Gee up there! Brother Francis, there's one consolation from riding in a jolting wagon. Oh, what's that? It makes walking such a pleasure. <laughs> Father! Father! There's the river! I hope it's the last time we have to unload. Stop the wagons! Stop the wagons! It's not in flood. We can cross today. Well, if I may make a suggestion, Father, the men and animals are exhausted. They need rest. Of course, Brother Francis. We don't want to enter Shosong looking as if we had reached the end of our endurance. Well, there's shade ahead. A good place to camp. Brother Headley, tell Father Law to head for that grove. While the others are resting, I shall row across the river. I must have King Kama's permission to establish our mission in his territory. Do you wish me to go with you, Father? Much as I would like it, I must say no. If the king is unfriendly and I don't return, you'll be needed to lead your brothers to safety. Give me three days. If I don't return, it means that, that something has happened to me. We kept busy those next days while we anxiously waited for the return of our superior. Brother Francis, of course, never gave orders, but all of us, the priests included, accepted him, not so much as leader, but as the chief advisor. He would start to do something, and soon everyone would be helping. Brother Francis, why are you taking the wheels off the wagon? Oh, we've been traveling in dry territory. The spokes are loose from shrinkage. 
Now, if we soak them in water, the wood will swell and tighten them. Indeed, I didn't know that. Yeah. See how loose that spoke is? <sighs> if it isn't tightened, the wheel might begin to wobble and eventually fall apart. Hmm. Uh, everyone, uh, come here and give Brother Francis a hand. Oh, and, uh, Father, with your permission, I'd like to use some of that, uh, bright red paint on the wagons. Well, I agree, they need painting, but should they be such a startling color? Well, I, I was talking with a Dutch settler in Kimberley. He said the natives were impressed by bright colors. Oh. The brighter, the better. Well, I leave it to you, Brother Francis. Use whatever you wish. Father! Father! Uh, yes? Uh, what is it? Father Superior has returned. He's signaling from across the river. you're back safely. King Kama was unfriendly. He bluntly told me he had no land for strangers to settle. What can we do now? Push on to the Bulawayo, the Matabele capital. Let's see the map. We're here at the Limpopo. I estimate it's about 400 miles to the Bulawayo. Most of it across the eastern end of the Kalahari Desert. Four hundred miles. Should we attempt it, Father? We must. We've set our hand to the plow. There's no turning back. Brother Francis, when will the wagons be ready? Well, uh, the wheels should soak for two more days. Very well. We'll start in two days. I must stop. My hands are blisters. Wrap a rag around them. We must keep digging. Can you find water here? It seems as parched as the rest of the land. It's a riverbed, Father. If there is any water to be found, this is where it'll be. Ten oxen have died. If we don't find water soon, they'll all go. We're in the hands of God. Look! This earth is, is damp. There's water here. Oh, dig! Dig! No, stand aside, brother. I can dig faster. There's water. Father Law. Yes? There's a canvas bathtub in the wagon. Yes. Set it up so we can fill it with water. Yes, Brother Francis. What can I do? Get the buckets and carry water to the tub. When it's full, have the oxen brought down a few at a time. And hurry! Oh. Father Superior, I'm sorry. Not at all, Brother Francis. You've become our providence on this trek. Oh, I knew life would be hard, but I never expected anything like this. Oh, happy should be he who was chosen for the Zambezi mission, brother. Now, why is that? A little bit of purgatory here on Earth will come in useful hereafter. Again, Brother Francis's resourcefulness had saved us. Four months after leaving Grahamstown and trekking 1,100 miles, we reached Bulawayo. 
King Lobengula refused permission to let us settle. But King Umzilla was so impressed with the bright-colored wagons, he invited us to establish a mission in his territory. Some other missionaries had arrived by then, and it was decided to trek in two directions. Father Superior and one group went north, Father Law, Father Wheel, Brother Francis and myself left in our wagon for King Umzilla's crawl. We soon ran into trouble. Let us buy your king, Umzilla, has invited us to his crawl. Are you sure these are his subjects? Well, they're painted the same, the same headdress. They don't understand. Umzilla! King Umzilla! We come to visit Umzilla! There's no telling now what they'll do. They seem to be holding a conference. We had better drive to that grove of trees and see what happens. They may decide to attack us. Perhaps we should leave the wagon and go by foot to Kingdom Zilla. We can make camp, and then we must slip away when it grows dark. How far to Umzilla's crawl? Seventy miles about. We must hurry. We've only managed a few miles. Stop. Listen. I don't hear anything. Shh, shh. Don't make a sound. I hear it. Drums. They're after us. Let's put as much distance as we can between them and us. Brother Headley's right. We should go on as fast as possible. Father, they can travel much faster than we. They'll catch us before we've gone ten miles. What should we do, then? Leave the trail now. Get into the tall grass and let them go by. After they come back, we'll continue on. I confess I am worn out. I'd rather rest than run. Into the grass, then. Step lightly. I'll come last and cover our tracks. We waited in the tall grass and watched the warriors pass and then repass in the evening. We waited an hour and then set out to cover the 70 miles. Father Law and I were suffering from fever and Brother Francis bore most of the burden as hunter, cook, guide. Wasted and in rags, we finally reached the crawl. King Umzilla was infuriated when he learned how we had been treated. He sent an armed escort to punish the natives and to recover the wagon with its supply of medicine and provisions. You two are much too ill to travel. I'll go with the guides and bring back the wagon. Come back soon, my son. I expect it'll be ten days. Shouldn't I go with you? Brother Headley, you can hardly stand on your feet. You look after Father Law while I'm away. I'll keep in touch with native messengers. Now I must leave. Ten days, two weeks, three weeks passed. 
we got word Brother Francis had reached the wagon and started back at once, but had run into flooded rivers. We lay helpless and neglected by Amzilla. We would have died had not a kindly native woman brought us a handful of maize each day. At times I was delirious, but I remember sending a message to Brother Francis. For God's sake, please come quickly to my help. I'm very ill. Father-in-law died this morning. Father-in-law dead. May God have mercy. Black robe? What? King Umzila, bring man to you. What man? Man not dead. Where is he? Camp. One day more. Oh, please, take me to him. Brother Francis nursed me back to health, and we made our way back to Bulawayo. There we learned Father Superior's group had been given poisoned food. One priest had died. Others had died from the terrible Zambezi fever. Then tribal war broke out, and the Zambezi mission had to be abandoned. Brother Francis and I, the only two survivors of the original mission, were ordered to Cape Colony. He was appointed cook at St. Aidan's College for Boys at Grahamstown. I was ordered home for arrests. Do you think Brother Francis might be coming home soon? The doctor once ordered his immediate return after he suffered a serious accident while breaking a wild horse. He was unconscious for two weeks. But he refused to return. He said to the superior, Father, if you order me to go, I'll set out at once. But without that order, I'm not leaving my mission. After an absence of 12 years, Brother Francis was recalled to Belgium. When a new African foundation, a school in the Belgian Congo for boys, whose parents had been sold into slavery by the Arabs, was under preparation, Brother Francis returned to Africa in 1893. He was then 50 years old. Twice more he was recalled to Belgium because of poor health and failing eyesight. Twice more, when there was the call, he answered it. At the age of 63, broken in health and almost blind, he left Africa forever for a quiet retreat where, under obedience, he wrote his recollections. rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to heal wounds, 
to unite what has fallen apart and bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymore for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.